0: Chapter Four of Agnes Sorel by G. P. R. James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four. For a moment after the Duke of Orleans had quitted the hall, Jacques Cur and his young companions stood looking at each other in silence, for the agitation which the prince had displayed was far greater than persons in his rank usually suffered to appear those were the days when strong passions lay concealed under calm exteriors and terrible deeds were often meditated and even executed under cover of the most tranquil aspect come jean my friend said the merchant at length let us go we must not pause here with these papers on the table as he spoke he walked toward the door but before he quitted the house he sought diligently in the outer vestibule and the neighbouring rooms for some of the domestics. All seemed to be in confusion, however, and those steps were heard moving about in various directions, as if some general search were being made, several minutes elapsed before even a page or a porter could be found. At length a boy of about twelve years of age presented himself, and him Jacques Kerr directed, in a tone of authority, to place himself at the door of the little hall, and neither to go in himself, nor let any one enter till he had an opportunity of letting the duke know that he had left the papers he was writing on the table. "'Something has moved his highness very greatly,' said Jacques Cur, as he walked through the streets with his young companion. "'He is not usually so careless of what he writes.' "'I have always heard him called the Gay Duke of Orléans,' said jean charost and i certainly was surprised to find him so grave and thoughtful there are many ways of being thoughtful my young friend replied the merchant and a light and smiling air a playful fancy and a happy choice of words with many persons as has been the case with the duke conceal deep meaning and great strength of mind he is indeed one of the most thoughtful of men in france but his imagination is somewhat too strong and his passions alas stronger still he is frank and noble and generous however kind and forgiving and i do sincerely believe that he deeply regrets his faults and condemns them as much as any man in france many are the resolutions of reformation that he makes but still an ardent temperament a light humour and a joyous spirit carries him away impulsively and deeds are done before he well knows they are undertaken which are bitterly repented afterwards jacques cur paused and seemed to hesitate as if he thought he had almost gone too far with his young companion but there were more serious considerations pressing upon his mind at that moment than jean charost or even the duke of orleans at all comprehended though both were affected by them he was one of the most remarkable men of his age and although he had not at that time risen to the high point of either honour or wealth which he afterward attained he was in the high road to distinction and to fortune a road opened to him by no common means his vast and comprehensive mind perceived opportunities which escaped the eyes of men more limited in intellect his energetic and persevering character enabled him to grasp and hold them and together with these powers so serviceable to any man in commercial or political life, he possessed a still higher characteristic, a kindly and generous spirit, prompting to good deeds as well as to great ones, always under the guidance of prudence and wisdom. He had, moreover, that which I know not whether to call an art or a quality, the capability of impressing almost all men with the truth of his character few with whom he was brought in any close connection doubted his judgment or his sincerity and his true beneficence of heart had the power of attaching others to him so strongly that even persecution sorrow and misfortune could not break the bond in the present instance he had two objects in view in placing jean charost in the service of the duke of orleans or rather he saw at once that two objects might possibly be attained by that kind act he had provided apparently well and happily for a youth to whom he was sincerely attached and whom he could entirely trust and he placed near a prince for whom he had a great regard and some admiration notwithstanding all his faults one whose character was likely to be not without its influence even upon a person far higher in station and more brilliant as well as more experienced than himself although he had full confidence in jean Charost, Although he knew that there was an integrity of purpose and a vigour of determination in the youth well fitted to stand all trials, he nevertheless thought that some warning, some knowledge, at least of the circumstances in which he was about to be placed, might be serviceable to himself and give a beneficial direction to any influence he might obtain with the duke. To give this was his object in turning the conversation at once to the character of Louis of Orléans, but yet the natural delicacy of his mind led him to hesitate when touching upon the failings of his princely friend the higher purpose however predominated at length and he went boldly forward it is necessary jean he said to prepare you in some degree for the scenes in which you will have to mingle and especially to afford you some information of the character of the prince you are about to serve i will mention no names as there are people passing in the street but you will understand of whom i speak he is habitually licentious the courts of kings are very generally depraved and impressions received in early life however reason and religion may fight against them at after periods still leave a weak and assailable point in the character not easily strengthened for resistance man's heart is as a fortress my young friend a breach effected in the walls of which is rarely if ever repaired with as much firmness as at first i do not wish to palliate his errors for they are very great but merely to explain my anxiety to have good counsels near him it is very necessary indeed sir replied jean charost simply never dreaming that his counsels could be those to which jacques Cur alluded "'I have heard a good deal of the Duke since we have been here in Paris, "'and although all must love and admire his great and noble qualities, "'yet it is sad to hear the tales men tell of him.' "'Age and experience,' replied Jacques Cur, "'may have some effect, nay, are already having an effect, "'in rendering good resolutions firmer, "'and the yielding to temptation less frequent. "'It is only required now that some person having influence over him— and constantly near him, should throw that influence into the scale of right. I know not, my dear lad, whether you may or may not obtain influence with him. He has promised me to treat you with all favour, and to keep you as near his person as possible, and I feel quite sure that if any opportunities occur of throwing in a word in favour of virtue and good conduct, or of opposing vice and licentiousness, you will not fail to seize it i do not mean to instigate you to meddle in the affairs of this prince or to intrude counsels upon him to do so would be impertinent and wrong in one of your position but he himself may furnish opportunity consult you he will not but converse with you often he probably will and it is quite possible in a calm quiet unobtrusive course to set good counsel before him without appearing to advise or pretending to meddle i should fear replied jean charost that he would converse very little with a boy like me certainly not attend much to my opinions that will greatly depend upon the station you obtain in his household replied jacques cur if you are very much near his person i doubt not that he will those who give way to their passion jean and plunge into a sea of intrigue are often in situations of difficulty and anxiety, where they can find no counsel in their own breasts, no comfort in their own hearts. It is then that they will fly to any one who may happen to be near for help and resource. I only say such things may happen, not that they will. But if they do, I trust to you, Jean Charost, to use them to good purpose. The conversation proceeded much in the same tone, till they reached the lodging of the merchant and ascended once more to the small chamber in which jean charost had been writing by this time according to the notions of jacques cur it was too late for any one to be out of bed and he and his young companion separated for the night on the following morning however when jean descended to the counting-room or office at an early hour he found jacques cur already there and one or two of his servants with him he heard orders given about horses and equipments of various kinds before the great merchant seemed aware of his presence but when the servants were all dispatched upon their various errands jacques turned and greeted him kindly let us talk of a little business my son he said for in an hour's time we shall have to part on our several ways you to the Hotel d'orleans i back again to bourges for i am weary of this great city jean and besides business calls me hence now let us like good merchants reckon what it is i am in your debt nay sir answered jean charost it is i that am altogether in yours i do not mean alone for kindness but even in mere money i have received more from you i believe than you promised to give me "'More than the mere stipend, Jean,' replied Jacques "'but not more than what was implied. "'I promised your mother, excellent lady, God bless her, "'that I would give you a hundred crowns of the sun by the year, "'and, moreover, whatever I found your assistance was worth to me besides. "'I deal with it merely as a matter of account, Jean, "'and I find that by the transactions with Genoa, "'partly carried on by yourself in the last year, "'I have made a profit of sixteen per cent, on invested money on the business of a mouthy transacted altogether by yourself nineteen per cent on other business of a similar kind with which i and my ordinary clerks have had to do alone an average of fifteen per cent thus in all affairs that you have dealt with there has been a gain over ordinary gains of somewhere between three and four per cent now this surplus is to be divided between you and me according to my view of the case i have looked into it closely to do justice to both and i find that as the transactions of this year have been somewhat large i am a debtor to you a sum of two thousand seven hundred and forty three crowns two livres parisis, and one denier there is a note of the account i think you will find it correct poor jean charost was astonished and overcome the small patrimony of his father just sufficient to maintain a man of gentle blood within that narrow limit thronged with petty cares usually called moderate competence a sort of myth embellished by the poets a kind of economical arcadia in which that perfect happiness represented is as often found as the arcadian shepherds and shepherdesses in plum-coloured velvet coats and pink ribbons are found in the rio pastoral this small estate i say had been hypothecated to the amount of three thousand crowns to enable his father to serve and die for his sovereign on the battlefield and the great first object of jean charost's ambition had been to enable his poor mother to pay off a debt which with its interest was eating into the core of the estate hitherto the prospect of success had seemed far far away he had thought he could see it in the distance but he had doubted and feared and the long journey to travel had seemed to dim even the sunrise of hope but now the case was reversed the prospect seemed near the object well-nigh attained and for an instant or two he could hardly believe his ears oh sir he exclaimed after some murmured thanks take it to my mother take it all to my mother it will make her heart leap for joy i shall want no money where i am going Jacques Kerr gazed at him with the faint, rueful smile of age, listening to inexperience. "'You will need more than you know, my good youth,' he answered. "'Courts are very different places from merchants' houses, and if great openings are there found, there are openings of the purse likewise. But I know your object, my dear boy. It is a worthy one, and you can gratify it to a certain extent, while you yet retain the means of appearing as you should in the household of the Duke of Orléans.' i will take two thousand crowns to your mother then only a thousand will remain to be paid upon the mortgage which i will discharge and you shall repay me when your economy and your success in both of which i have great confidence shall make it light for you to do so such was the kindly plan proposed by the merchant and jean charost acceded joyfully it must not be denied that to be in possession of seven hundred crowns seemed in his young and untaught eyes, to put him among the wealthy of the land. It must not be denied, either, that the thought rose up of many things he wanted, of which he had never much felt the want before. Among the rest, a horse seemed perfectly indispensable, but the kindness of Jacques Cur had beforehand deprived him of all excuse for this not unreasonable expense. He found that a fine horse, taken in payment of a debt from Spain, with bridle and housings all complete, had been destined for his use by the great merchant, and certainly well-mounted, and, as he thought, well-equipped with all things, Jean Charost set out for the Hôtel d'Orléans at about half-past eight o'clock, carrying a message from Jacques Coeur to the Duke to account for and excuse the sudden departure of the merchant. End of chapter 4